This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Um, I just want to say a quick prayer, and then I'm going to quickly jump into the message today so that we can um, uh, carry on with everything that we need to do. So, Father, we just welcome your presence here this morning. God, I just thank you so much. That is nothing about what we do, but it's all about what you do. And so, God, this morning, right now, I'm asking, Father, that you would come and that you would just hide me, that you would hide me behind the cross of Jesus Christ under his name and by the power of his blood. And, Father, I just pray that you would bring forth your anointing that has nothing to do with a person but is for the people that are listening so that the yoke of the enemy would be broken and that it would be loose off of your people and they would be set free. So, God, this morning, I pray that your presence would just sweep through this place, that you would touch lives in ways that we can't even imagine. And I pray that we would leave this place today changed and transformed on a new journey, walking in a new season, a new creation. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So we have been doing a series called Fit to Last, hashtag relationships. And this morning it sounds like we like the the term hashtag. Um, If you hashtag relationships, it's not going to go anywhere. (laughs) Just purely for the the look and the sound. Um, But So we've been talking about uh, integrity, and then last week we talked about communication, and this week we're talking about boundaries. And the reason why we did it in that sequence is that integrity is the foundation to communication, and integrity and communication is a foundation to setting boundaries in our personal lives and in, in our relationships. So this series about how do we have healthy, fit, lasting relationships, because it's the one thing in our world that we have to have, we really need, but we so struggle with. And um, so I hope you've been getting something out of the out of the series. And I believe God has something powerful for you guys this morning. Um, it's interesting. I was thinking as I was doing this message, I was thinking about, you know, God has no problem leaving His children with a little bit of angst. So for the last two weeks, some of you might have been le- being leaving and going, okay, so how how do I do this? Um, and then the next week, it's, okay, well, now that's that next part of communication, but how do I do that? How do I actually apply that in my life? And you might have left with a little bit of angst of, I don't know how. Okay, I'm taking in some good things, but how do I perform it? And, um, you know, God is, is kind of like, my husband actually does this really well. I do not do this well. So at Christmas time, my husband actually absolutely loves to leave our children in angst. He loves to, you know, work up their excitement and get them going and make them wait. <laughs> um, he's like the, the military. It's like, hurry up and wait. I know that's a funny phrase, but the military does have it. And um, my husband is so good at making our children wait and, and get that angst going. And, um, and the reason why that is so and why it works so well is because then when the, when the gifts are there and they get to unwrap it, then they're so excited, they're so happy to unwrap it, they just can't wait to see what's in that gift. So God is like that as well, that when he is working on us, because we are his workmanship, we are his creation.
creation, and he's creating something beautiful. But sometimes we don't understand what he's doing. So from week to week sometimes, from, from month to month, from year to year, um, he's just building layer upon layer upon layer, and he's building up this angst. And, and then he just suddenly drops the gift into you or with a big bow and says, Surprise! Merry Christmas! And, you know, like, I feel like this morning that that's what God has been doing. The last couple of weeks, he's been building something. He's been teaching something, layer upon layer, so that this morning when we talk about boundaries, which is the last of the series, he can literally lay a gift in your lap with this morning with a big bow on it and say, surprise, surprise. So I'm so excited about sharing this. So we've been talking about the definition of a fit, healthy relationships, and we've kind of um, separated those in the past, but this week I have um, put them all together. So a fit, healthy relationships are ones that are well-suited, well-placed, and are lived under the rule and reign of God. They can be examined and found to be true. That's what a healthy relationship is in total should look like if you want to bring it back down to its lowest common denominator. And this morning we're going to be talking about boundaries. So how many of you have heard me use the phrase healthy boundaries? Probably, yes. Some of you have heard me say it multiple, multiple times and my husband, uh, who's with me 24-7, has heard me say it a lot. Honey, you go to work, you have to set healthy boundaries. You can't let them do that to you. You have to set your boundary. You have to teach them how to, how to talk to you and how to respect you, how to, um, how, to, how to get them to do what you need them to do um, because they need to be doing it. It's their responsibility. So healthy boundaries. So one of our questions today that you guys might be asking is, how can we have and establish healthy, fit boundaries in our lives and in our relationships. So we're going to ask a few questions as we go through this so that we can apply uh, this to our lives. So question number one is, what is a boundary? So a boundary is an established and definite limit, either in nature or in humanity, physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually. And Dr. Henry Cloud, he has written a book called Boundaries, and I'm going to encourage you after today, because I can only do so much in 30 minutes, if you need help with setting boundaries, read this book. It's phenomenal. It walks you through step by step, gives you different scenarios. It's awesome. So a quote by Dr. Henry Cloud says this, boundaries define us. They define what is, what is me and what is not me. A boundary shows me where I end and another begins, giving me ownership. Knowing what I own and am responsible for, boundaries help us keep the good in and the bad out. It helps us own our choices. So for an example, if you have, um, well, we all have lawns and we all have neighbors. So we all have neighbors with lawns and and we have lawns, right? So um, obviously, in order for you to know which lawn is yours, there's a boundary line. Whether you can visibly see it or not, whether it's by a fence or trees or a hedge or or, uh, whatever, just a line at at the city hall, you know what your boundary is. You know what is your lawn and what is your neighbor's lawn. And uh, just to give a quick example of owning your own lawn and knowing what is yours and what is somebody else's and what are you responsible for, um, the last few years, my husband and I, we have recently had an individual come in and buy the house next to us. And um, he's an absolutely, just an adorable man. He's just so kind and he's so generous. He works, he's actually in the military. And he has just an amazing, amazing work ethic. So he then rents out this home to other military families who need to, who live outside of town but need to come into Kingston for a week. 
and then they go home on the weekends. Well, he has all of these big, beautiful trees on his property. We, we actually don't have a lot of big trees with leaves. We have evergreens, but he has trees with leaves. So every fall, all of those leaves obviously come off of his trees, and they blow onto our lawn. And my husband and I, we don't, we don't care about leaves on our lawn. We're not necessarily the manicured lawn, make sure all the leaves are off, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but he is so uh, full of work ethic that he has, for the last few years, consistently um, raked up the leaves on our lawn because he believes those are his leaves because <laughs> they're off of his tree. <laughs> and we're like... It, you know, it's okay. It's natural. We're all good with the leaves. And you know what? In, in a couple of months, the wind's going to come and it's going to blow it to the other person's line. <laughs> so it's all good. Um, but literally, and just to explain to you how great his work ethic is, last year, he broke his leg. So I come home one day. Actually, sorry, I was looking at my kitchen window. And here he is with a crutch in one hand, a rake in the other, a cast on, and he's raking the leaves. <laughs> And I went out and I said, you don't have to do that. We're all good. We don't, we don't want you to rake our leaves. So then finally this year, he hired somebody to come and rake the leaves because he couldn't do it. And I finally said to the gentleman, I got out and I got the gentleman's intention. And I said, listen, you know, it, this is our boundary. We really, really, we appreciate it so much, but we don't want you to rake our leaves. So finally, um, that has been established that... Our lawn is our responsibility. His lawn is his responsibility. His trees are his responsibility. And we're okay with the leaves on ours. So that's an example of owning your responsibility. Know what's yours, what's not yours, and, and having that defined. Um, so I just have to see where I am here. Yeah, so my paraphrase is that boundaries help you to know what is or isn't your monkey to carry. Um, question number two. Aren't setting boundaries selfish and unbiblical? And the easy answer is absolutely not. No, it's, it's not. Setting healthy boundaries is good stewardship over our responsibilities, over our relationships, and over the calling that God has on our lives. Biblically, it relates to having self-control. So Titus 2 and 12 says this, instructing us to deny godliness godlessness and worldly lusts, and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age. And you might be asking, how does that talk about self-control? How does that talk about boundaries? Well, God says that he has instructed us to deny something. So if you're denying something, there's also something else that you could uh, submit to, that you could accept. And that's a boundary. God's saying that there's a boundary between being godly and godlessness. So that is uh, self-control. Healthy boundaries help us define between right and wrong. And it helps us to know what or how to choose. So God says, today I've set before you life and death. It's a boundary. He's saying there's a boundary between life and death. We get to choose, and, and boundaries help us to know what and how to choose it. So an example of that is, and Scott's already mentioned it a lot this morning about social media, culture and media have absolutely no boundaries. They have tolerance and love, but without boundaries. And tolerance and love without boundaries is very unhealthy. So uh, boundaries are very, very good. It is not selfish. It is not unbiblical. It's actually very, very godly. So question number three is, what is the danger of no, no boundaries, 
or unhealthy boundaries. So Proverbs 25 and 28 says this, like a city that is broken into and without walls is a man who has no control over his spirit. So that, that phrase, it says, like a city that is broken into and without walls. If we look at uh, the Old Testament in Nehemiah when the Israelites had been in disobedience and they had been taken into, um, into exile for the longest time, then Nehemiah rose up after a period of years and he was so saddened that the walls of Jerusalem had broken down. And, and uh, this is what it says in Nehemiah 1 and 3. They said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the province, but are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned. So a city that is broken into is one that is without walls. It's without boundaries. So sometimes, you know, in our personal lives, in our relationships, sometimes we can feel like our lives and our relationships have been broken into. It's been violated, and, and sometimes we wonder what's going on and why, and we can be in a very confused state. And what you can do is you can pinpoint there's a possibility that you have um, an unhealthy boundary. There's a wall down where something can break into it. Um, cities, with, cities and lives and relationships with walls broken down are ones that are left in trouble and disgrace because they're left undefended and open to danger, and invasion by the enemy. It gives the enemy the upper hand and it hands over the reins to him. Scary thought, eh? That's why having healthy boundaries is so important and that it's biblical. God says having healthy boundaries helps to protect you, helps to keep you safe, helps to keep your family safe so that when you have a a proper healthy boundary, then you are protecting what God has died for. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Um, Also, too, to have boundaries that are down. It leaves our minds, hearts, and spirits open to be violated by the enemy at will. So it's like that we don't, we no longer have control. We have then, when we have those unhealthy boundaries and the walls are down, then we've given over the reins to the enemy and we've said, you can come in and out at will. You can come in and out and confuse at will. You can come in and out and and disgrace me at will. You can come in and out and you can shame me at will. You can come in and out and you can condemn me and bring guilt upon me at your will. So healthy boundaries, we need to be setting those. An example of a healthy boundary is in in the face of the enemy is this. Jesus in John 10 and 18 says, No one takes my life from me. I lay it down on my own. I have the right to lay it down, and I have the right to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. So Jesus could forgive at the cross when the enemy was crucify him because he had already set the boundary that he was the one that was going to lay his life down. The enemy couldn't take it from him at will. The enemy did not have the reins over Jesus Christ's life. Did he go to the cross? Yes, When we look at that, we think, you know, the enemy put him on the cross. But we also know that actually it was the Father who, before the foundations of the earth were created, it was set that Jesus would be the mediator, that he would come and he would go to the cross so that mankind could be saved and have the presence of God living inside of them. Question number four. How do we know if we are a healthy or have healthy or unhealthy... Oh, sorry, let me say that again. How do we know if we are a healthy or unhealthy boundary setter? 
So there are four ways we discuss boundaries in our generation, and often we actually discuss them as personalities, but I'm discussing them today as boundaries. And we tend to label them these, aggressive, passive, passive-aggressive, or assertive behaviors. These are, um, I want you to know that these are on a continuum today, so we can have them at the minimum, or we can have them at an extreme. And they're on a continuum in the sense, too, that, that each and every one of us will experience every single one of the, these probably at some point in our lives to varying degrees. So as we're going through them and you're identifying some of your, your, your boundaries or the, uh, the boundaries that other people around you are operating in, first of all, I want you to know, don't judge yourself. Don't criticize yourself. Don't judge another person. Don't criticize another person. Take your own responsibility, look at your own life, take responsibility for you, take responsibility for your own choices, let the other person do that for them so that the boundaries don't get crossed, <laughs> so we stay in obedience to God's word that we're not judging another person, um, and then at the same time know that at any point you could shift from one or the other to varying degrees, okay? Does that make sense? Awesome. Okay, so the first one is being aggressive. So being aggressive is uh, somebody who often takes power. They are often controllers and manipulators, um, and they don't care about other people's boundaries. A biblical example of this would be Jezebel, and uh, Jezebel was the, was the queen, and she had married an Israelite. She had married a, an Israel king. And so they were then in disobedience to God's word because he strictly forbade that. And um, her husband actually wanted a vineyard that was next to their, their property. And uh, he didn't have the, the guts to go get it and take it. He did try, but it wasn't for sale. So Jezebel actually went and killed the owner of the vineyard so that she could get the vineyard for her husband. That's an aggressive controlling manipulator who does not care about another person's boundary. She just took his land. She killed him and took his land for herself and for her husband. Um, she wouldn't allow the king to receive no for an answer because in, in, uh, in her culture, in her worship of Baal, kings were not allowed to, be, to have no said to them. Um, so an everyday an example of this would be people that can't take correction or no for an answer. They will control or manipulate circumstances so they always hear a yes and they get what they want. A principle that I want you to take away from this is be careful you're not taking something that God didn't give you or promise you. You know, for that, that, those boundary setters or those that experience those boundaries for themselves, you know, they, and when they take something from somebody else, and, and sometimes even as Christians, you know, if we have that tendency, then we might be taking something that God didn't give us. And when we do that, then it causes heartache. But when God gives us something, it comes with blessing. So be careful that you're not taking something that God hasn't given you. Um, number two, passive. A passive uh, boundary is you give up the power. It's often set because of insecurity or being fearful, and it allows others to take control of them or of you. A biblical example of that would be Peter when he was facing persecution, um, when Jesus was going to the cross, and, and Peter was in the temple courts, and they were, he knew that Jesus was being taken, and they were questioning him. You knew this, Jesus. And he denied Jesus three times out of fear. And Mark 14 and 72 says this. Suddenly, Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows twice, 
You will deny three times that you even know me. And he broke down and wept. So an everyday example for that would be, be careful that your boundaries are not established out of fear. Fear boundaries, although intended to protect, tend to wall people out and to wall you in. It often isolates you. And the principle I want you to take away from this is if you passively give up control to others, you may end up participating in something you never wanted or intended. So Peter, out of fear, never intended to deny Jesus. He loved Jesus. He said, I'll follow you anywhere you go. I will do anything you want me to do, Jesus. But he didn't know that he had a a trigger boundary in his life of fear, that he would set a boundary and he would isolate himself, that he would try to protect himself um, by setting up this this boundary of fear and allowing somebody else to take control of him. Because it was actually just a servant girl who was questioning him. This was Peter who was a disciple of Jesus. This was Peter who said, Jesus is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Uh, this is Peter who, um, now at this time that, was, that it wasn't the case, but that the church would be built on the rock uh, of the name Peter. And he, he was taken down by just a servant girl questioning him. So um, be careful that you're not setting your boundaries through fear. Number three, a passive aggressive. So they steal power and are deceitful. Um, And sometimes this is one of the most subversive ones. Um, So sometimes we might not even recognize it um, as we're walking in it or somebody else is walking in it because it's very, very subversive because it's stealing power. So if you're stealing something, what do you do? You do it under the cover of darkness, right? You do it quietly, you do it secretly, um, all those kinds of things. So the passive-aggressive steals power and it's deceitful. A biblical example of it is is the ultimate. So this is at the extreme end. This is Satan. In the Garden of Eden, it literally says that he deceived and he beguiled Eve. And on the opposite end of that, it says that Jesus was found with no guile in him. There was absolutely no deceit in Jesus, uh, but there was in Satan. Now, the scripture I'm going to quote is not talking about Satan. This is actually talking about mankind. But it could easily describe him to a T. Psalm 55 and 21 says this, His words are as smooth as butter, but in his heart is war. His words are as soothing as lotion, but underneath are daggers. Has anybody come across somebody like that? <laughs> you know, you're your co-worker and you're doing something and they just say this phrase and it just kind of slides in and you're just like, what just happened? What did I just hear? And it just like, it's like a dagger to your heart or, you know, a dagger in your back. And you're just like, and they say it with, you know, such sweetness, <laughs> such gentleness. But you know it's a dagger coming. And, and it can be one of the most hurtful, uh, hurtful ways that we set boundaries. Um, an everyday example of this is, is one stays silent or aloof keeping one's distance, hiding true thoughts, feelings, and emotions, denying there is a problem, making others feel guilty or hinting instead of expressing directly one's thoughts. And I, and I liken it to a scorpion. You know, scorpions, they don't, um, they don't like to be out in the hot, hot sun. They like to be hidden in the dark places, secretly under the rocks. And when you come and you accidentally remove that rock, then it can come out and it will sting. Um, or if it'll hide in a hole and it will come out and it stings and then it goes back into the hole. That's that passive aggressiveness. That's, that's 
honestly how Satan likes to work. He likes to stay hidden in our lives, and he likes to come out like a scorpion and, and sting us. And then he'll go away, and then we're constantly going, well, was that me? Was that the enemy? Uh, is God trying to teach me something? Um, am I all healed from that wound? You think you're healed from something, and then suddenly it comes out again, and then it recedes, and you're, you can't quite get, get your handle on it. That's the enemy, because he, just, he loves to kill and steal and destroy, and um, that's how he works. So a principle we want to take away from this is that simple phrase that we've all heard, and I think is a country song, what a tangled web we weave when we practice to deceive. So be very careful about the passive-aggressive um, boundary setting. Number four, an assertive boundary setters retain power. So assertiveness. So retaining power means you're, you're in control of it. You, you just are secure and you're safe and you're standing sol- solidly in the knowledge of who you are, what you own, who, who you are compared to other people, what is your responsibility. You just know who you are. That's retaining power, and you're confident, and you're safe. Biblical example of this, and again, this is on the extreme end, but Christ is constantly moving us into this image, is Jesus himself. And Jesus spoke the truth in love. Mark 10, 21, um, there was a guy who came, literally, he was desperate to find out what, the, what he could do for eternal life. He thought he had done everything since childhood, that he had um, fulfilled all of the commandments of the law, and he came running up to Jesus. And in Mark 10, 21, it says, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. And he said to him, there is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. And the man, actually, because he had great possessions, he went away distraught. So Jesus, who knew who he was, he knew the power that he held in terms of salvation in life. He knew that this guy, who was seemingly so desperately wanting salvation, was actually not willing to give up all of his possessions to come and follow him. But Jesus, knowing who he was, knowing that there was boundaries around getting to Christ, getting to God, he said to him, go and give those things up. Give up that thing. You have to deny all. See, that's a boundary. You have to deny all, then come and follow me. So Jesus is uh, the, the obviously the most amazing assertive boundary setter that we can look to and apply our lives to. And, um, and he's constantly making us into that image. An everyday example of one would be one that deals directly with situations or conflicts with honesty, with love and compassion, they openly are able to share thoughts and opinions, but are respectful of others' opinions as well. A principle we want to take from this is that meekness isn't weakness, it's strength under control. So meekness, you know, Christ said that, Come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, for I am meek and I'm humble in heart. And what he, he was not saying was that I'm weak and you can walk all over me. He was saying, no, no, my strength is under control. My spirit is under control. I have healthy boundaries set up. And, um, 
And so when we also are walking in that place where we are walking in humility, we're walking in meekness, we're walking where we know who we are, what we're about, what our responsibilities are, then we stand in a place of control. We retain the power and we can then give or serve or do whatever God has called us to do with such grace because we have healthy boundaries in our lives. Question number five. What do healthy boundaries do? Well, they do three things. First of all, it promotes love. God uses boundaries to create safety, connection, and trust. An example of that would be the Ten Commandments, um, where he he created the Ten Commandments so that people could come into relationship with God without being hurt. So that they could come under a place of obedience and blessing and covering. So God sets boundaries for safety and protection. And I just want to give an example of this. I was actually, I was speaking with an individual last week, and and this example came up when I was speaking uh, with them. Um, I said, you know, like the Ten Commandments and God's rules and his regulations, you know, we see that as as something that keeps us out or that that we have to follow and we struggle to do it and all those kinds of things. And, And sometimes we think that God is withholding something from us. So we go outside of those commandments and we think we're having fun and we think we're we're being blessed and we think we're just have living a good life. Um, but I said, think of it this way. Think of, you know, when you have a child, and actually my husband and I, we, we live on Highway 2, and um, our front yard does not have any fences. Our backyard does, but our front yard doesn't. Um, but if we had a child in the front yard, we would, one, have to be very, very diligent at watching over them to make sure they didn't go on the highway. Um, and we would be diligently teaching our child this is a highway. It is dangerous. Your rules are you stay within the confines of this lawn. You do not go on the highway. If you go on the highway, you're going to get hurt. So then if you have a child that's constantly trying to get to the highway, you're going to be constantly grabbing them and pulling them back and, and trying to call out to them to say, come away, come away, don't go on the highway. If you go on the highway, you're going to get smocked, right? That's God too. That's his Ten Commandments. He's saying, stay within the confines. Stay within the boundaries of the Ten Commandments. Because if you go out uh, outside of those Ten Commandments, you're going to go on the highway. You're going to get smuck. Come off the highway. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that a good boundary setting? Isn't that a setting of protection and safety? So that's what God's Word does. Um, and it, teaches, it also teaches us how to treat Sorry, it teaches people how to treat us through healthy boundaries as well. So God, too, teaches, when we read the word of God, he teaches us how to treat him, and he teaches us how to treat others by laying down boundaries clearly. 1 Corinthians 13 and 4 to 8 says this, Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy, is not boastful, is not conceited, does not act improperly, is not selfish is not provoked, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. So the boundaries in that particular scripture is between right and wrong. Love stays within the boundaries of patience, of kindness, of truth, of of hope. Love has boundaries, so it protects love. Second, help defines responsibility. That's what healthy boundaries do. They help us to know what we are or not responsible for. We're at times responsible to others 
but not necessarily for others. So we're responsible if we're in a job, we're responsible to our boss, but we're not responsible for our bosses. So if they're behaving badly, you're not responsible for their behavior. It has nothing to do with you. You're merely responsible to them, but you're not responsible for them. So we are responsible only for ourselves. We must own what we create and allow to exist. So I, I say this to my husband constantly. Sorry, honey, I, you're being the ping-pong this morning. That <laughs> um, if there's certain things that are allowed that you're allowing, if you're allowing somebody else to take control over your life in some form or another, and you're not setting a healthy boundary, the first thing you need to do is take responsible f- responsibility for your own choice and, and acknowledge and own what you have allowed to exist by what you have taught another person to do and how to treat you. Uh, Romans 12 and 18 says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So that clearly defines a healthy boundary, that you're only responsible for, for yourself. You can't make somebody else do anything. All you can do is set your own boundaries. And God says, um, that which is only possible for you to do, that which what depends upon you to do, you do it. You leave somebody, everybody else to do, take care of their own boundaries. Um, in Corinthians 2, it tells us, you know, the Bible says as Christians that we're to carry one another's burdens. But sometimes, it, again, as I mentioned earlier, it's not your monkey to carry. So you can walk alongside, you can encourage, you can advise, but sometimes you can't pick up their burden and carry it for them. They have to carry it themselves, but you can be there as a support. You're responsible too, not necessarily for. Um, boundaries also help us, as I mentioned earlier, love others without rescuing or enabling them. So Proverbs 19 and 19 says, a person who has a hot temper will pay for it. If you rescue him, you will have to do it over and over again. 2 Corinthians, 2 Thessalonians 3 and 10 says, in fact, when we were with you, this is what we commanded you. If anyone isn't willing to work, he shouldn't eat. Well, <laughs> that's quite a boundary to be setting. That's a good, healthy boundary. That's a not rescuing, not enabling another person uh, by doing things for them. Um, Number three, boundaries protect our freedom. It protects our freedom to choose. God set boundaries in the Garden of Eden for Adam and Eve, and he gave them free will and free choice. And he clearly set the boundaries out for them. Genesis 2, 16 and 17 says, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you eat from it, you will surely die. And Matthew 5 and 37 says, All you need to say is simply, yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. And the reason why I'm bringing the scripture is because yes and no are clear boundaries, are they not? Unsure is a a mix of boundaries, but a yes and a no are clear, healthy boundaries. And God calls us to that all throughout his word. God doesn't make his word unsure. It's yes or no. You can or you can't. I will or you, if I do this, you you can do this. Um, He's very clear at that. And it's interesting because I tried to find another translation that said it's not from the evil one, but gave a different, you know, maybe a more gentle description but none of them did. It was, he says, if our yes is not our yes and our no is not our no, he says it's from the evil one. Do you know why? Because it's being in a place of being unsure. If you say yes to something and you're unsure, but you're in underneath, you're really saying no, 
And God says that comes from the evil one because he wants our word to be a clear yes or a clear no because that's a healthy boundary. It protects you and it protects another person because if you start doing an activity and you've said yes to but you really don't want to, then what are you going to do? You're probably not going to commit. You're probably not going to do what you've actually said yes to do. So that's a really healthy boundary to set. Um, also, we wanted boundaries protect our freedom of choice. So I wanted to say that what we say no to is just as important as the same things we say yes to. If you say yes but mean no, then communication is confused. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and 7 says this. Remember this, the person who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the person who sows generously will also reap generously. Each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And we often think of that in terms of finances, but God says that's in everything you do. It's your ownership. It's your responsibility. You set the healthy boundary. You say yes. You say no. Um, he's, he's saying that's a good thing to do. That's a godly thing to do. And he wants us to do everything, not reluctantly, but because we cheerfully want to give. Just like Jesus said, I don't reluctantly give my life. I give my life away because it's my choice to do so. So it protects our freedom of choice. Um, Margaret, I'm going to skip down to question number six. If I am an unhealthy boundary setter, what should I do? First of all, I want you to identify. So you're with God. You're going to identify where your boundaries are broken down, where you feel insecure, fearful, unsafe, and unprotected. B, you're going to confess and ask. You're going to confess and ask God to heal that broken area and build a healthy boundary. And C, then you need to trust. Trust that God is your protector, your provider, your safety, and your refuge. He's your defender, and he's your vindicator. He's your advocate. And D, then you're going to practice you're going to begin to practice setting healthy boundaries. So identify, confess, and ask, trust, and then practice. So one last thing that we want to talk about, that I want to talk about today, is that sometimes people will say that, that boundaries are not walls. And I would like to suggest otherwise that boundaries are walls, but with a gate. God himself places walls, boundaries, around our ability to access him but he provides a gate. That gate, as we know, is Jesus Christ. God brought down an unhealthy boundary, which was the wall of hostility, the wall of divide, being divided from him so that we couldn't access him. God brought that wall down, but he kept healthy boundaries around how we could access him because we can't climb over the wall. We can't be a thief. We can't steal salvation. We can't get eternal life. We can't have spiritual life without going through the gate, which allows the bad, keeps the bad out and the good in. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. You can access that gate this morning. The, the walls and the unhealthy boundaries have been taken down, which is the wall of hostility, and God has put forth a healthy boundary, and in that healthy boundary, then he has set that gate of Jesus Christ, and he says you can come into salvation in the way that you turn the knob on that gate, and to access God's presence is through repentance and allowing him to forgive you this morning.
Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com. 